Welcome to the This Ain't Your Mama self-love podcast. I am elated for this episode to be with Elena of Celebrate Every Step. She is the most beautiful human. I love every second I get to spend with her. We were actually just saying we've actually not spent that many seconds together, but <laughs> but we literally, before we started officially this podcast, we had a whole conversation where we both had a bunch of life epiphanies and, sh- and talked about trauma and all kinds of things um, within three minutes of talking to each other. So that's the kind of person Aletta is to me. <laughs> and so we're actually going to share that conversation with you at the end of this podcast. So that'll be fun. But we wanted to kind of jump back in and start, start fresh before we get into all of it with you. So, um, I would love for you to introduce yourself, Elena, tell us a little bit about you and we'll kind of go from there. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. And I feel the same about you. And it's true. Like we've been together, but in weird situations where we're not actually having conversations, we're just kind of around each other. So I'm so excited to have a full-blown conversation with you today. So how to introduce myself? You know, I have my bio spiel, but I think I would like to just say that I am mom to four. Um, I have three kids here on earth and one in heaven. I have three dogs and three cats. And my husband and I will be married 20 years next year. And I have a therapy practice, which came about with having my master's in social work. And that's going on 20 years now, which is mind-blowing. And the other side of my business is the metaphysical and spiritual side. And I've done this thing where I've kind of weaved that all together so that the sessions that I offer are very dynamic and customized to exactly what the person needs. And I focus on physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual well-being because I think looking at the whole person and what's going on with them throughout their entire lifetime and even into past lives, if they believe in that or want to learn more about that, and really looking at all of that to help us in the here and now. I think a lot of people question, I want to just focus here. Like, I want to know what's going on right here in this moment. But my belief and what I've seen in many, many sessions is that the entirety of our lifetime, and then for me, what I believe is that the entirety of our soul's existence impacts who we are right here in this moment. So yeah, that's a little bit about me. Amazing. I just love listening to you talk. And I've had so many, so many thoughts already um, that I want to come back to, but I want to, if it's okay, come back to your son, because Mm -hmm. this was something that I wasn't even thinking about when we started talking about a conversation uh, about a podcast, but this is, this is, this is a way that you yourself have significantly impacted my life. I just want to like say that, like, I don't know if I've ever even told you how big of an impact this like one thing was. No, I don't think so. But Yeah. So like it's, and it's, I know that it's not easy to talk about. Obviously it's, it's the literal worst thing that could ever happen to somebody, but you have, I'm going to cry, just been such an inspiration in ways that you don't even know how, because you're just brave enough to share and thank you for that. But, Mm. but what's really beautiful. So honestly, I don't even know if it was one specific thing you said, but it was the first time I heard you publicly Bodhi, right? Bodhi. Mm Mm-hmm um, publicly with your voice. Like I've seen you post about it and I, you know, I, I, it's, I had known and we have talked, I'm sure like whatever, but I didn't ever heard you talk about it, like in front of a group and you were just, you were when, um, uh, you came to soul space to do the group space. Okay. Yeah. So you were just sharing the story in context and the way that you so beautifully surrender to the lesson, the absolute hardest lesson that we can ever learn on this planet gave me the like, first of all, obviously what you're talking about is real. The only way you could possibly cope with something like that 
is to have the belief about the universe that you do mm-hmm. and you believe it so hard that it's it's what it's what gets you through that yeah. and when I thought about that I'm like I can surrender anything you know like I have such a different perspective on understanding why how you know, what we're going through and and being grateful for all of the hard things because I can, because I see it so clearly now and I genuinely believe it. And I've had my own, you know, very personal experiences with spirit and things that I've learned from, but going through like a past life session with you and, and again, just seeing how much you believe in it because you experience it Mm -hmm. just allows me to, if that makes sense. Um, absolutely. And, um, yeah. So I just, I wanted to just talk about that because maybe you could just, maybe you could just share a little bit that is relevant to what I just said, because like I said, it was, it was really impactful for me. And I think that you're just such a beautiful person for being oh, you. Thank, thank you. you so much for that. And, you know, next week, so we're recording this on the 30th, but on December 6th, it'll be two years that he decided not to come Earthside. So our son Bodhi died whenever I was in labor. Um, so he is considered a stillbirth. Um, so even that, like, it feels like such a complicated situation. And, it's interesting for us. I mean, I have so much to share, but you know, this is what's coming up right now is that it's so interesting for us because he was our last child. So I actually know, I don't know anybody else that has had this happen as their last child. Um, And they've gone on to have other children after the fact. And so it's a different dynamic where um, you know, I have other children that I have to explain this to and help them understand it and work through it. But in some ways, it wasn't real to them. I was just pregnant. And to them, that's an abstract concept. Yes, of course. Right. They, they, you know, they have other siblings, they have cousins, they know that pregnancy ends in a baby usually. But still, it's it's. I feel like it's abstract it's for abstract dads. Yeah, it's, it's it. yeah, yeah, it's abstract for dads, yeah. let alone for kids. <laughs> yeah. Totally. So, you know, I I have. It's been hard to navigate honoring his memory um, without feeling like I'm traumatizing my living children. And I mean, that even goes into conversations when people just ask you, like, "Oh, do you have kids?" do I disclose immediately? Oh yeah, I have four, but one's dead. Like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, I'm an empath, a true empath where I feel other people's pain and feel other people's emotion. And I can feel the bottom drop out of them. I can feel like that energy just being sucked out of their soul when you say that, because like you were saying, the death of a child is probably everyone's worst fear. And it, Yeah. So it's just been a lot to navigate. And, you know, what you were speaking to is this deep belief that I have that we make our plan, um, our soul contract before we ever get here. And so on one hand, I know and believe and trust that this is what I signed up for. I came into this life and have had all of the experiences that I've had, including the death of our son as a process for my soul to grow and expand in ways that I might not ever fully know until I go to the back to the other side, but also for people around me. So, you know, I am a fairly public figure. I have shared, I shared a lot about the rest of my life and then shared a lot about that pregnancy. So, and we were 40. So a lot of people, oh my gosh, like so many people were so excited for us, so much love and support and just talking about the Gourley Forley and, you know, just all of these Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. really cute and sweet and special things. And then when he died, I was like, oh my gosh, like people are going to be devastated. And it was like, I was thinking about others in some ways because so many people were just so excited and they were excited for us. And So just trying to hold that belief that, okay, this happened, 
if I accept it as it is, then what do I need to know and learn and experience and move through? And part of that is the human experience of love and loss, of sadness and grief and joy and happiness and that back and forth. And, you know, I think there's like this kind of toxic positivity that can happen in this, um, like spiritual and metaphysical space. And that's not what I'm talking about. Yes, yes. I'm talking about fully recognizing all of the emotions that I have around his death and his loss. And also recognizing that it helped my soul expand and grow and I call it, um, I'm working on my grief memoir because I've had so many tragic losses in my life. It felt really important to talk about my grief journey. But in that, I am talking about, um, oh my gosh, I just lost my train of thought, of you know, this transition through all of these feelings and all of these emotions and moving into that place of just understanding what was the purpose? What was the lesson? And really just trying to bring that to the forefront. And I have th this phrase that I use called death of self. And that's where I allow myself to let go of old stories and old patterns and old beliefs that hold me back. And I feel like that had started you know, like way back when my college boyfriend died and then into when my brother died and these other important people in my life. And then when Bodhi died, it was like, okay, I am completely done with a lot of this just junk, this mental junk mm -hmm. that I've been holding on to. Yeah. And mm -hmm. so that I can fully step into what I'm here to do, you know, reaching for the stars, so to say, in my personal life, in my business, you know, just all of those aspects. So it literally just such a beautiful outlook and something that everyone can learn from in, in a certain, in, in, in their own ways. And it's, it is hard, I think, to, to not look like you're like toxic positivity. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean this is okay. It doesn't mean I'm, you know, happy. It, it doesn't mean I don't, I don't get sad. It doesn't mean I'm sure you break down more than anyone would ever even know about it. Oh yes, because, for sure. Even know, my husband. Yeah. And, that, and, and that's part of it. So it's not that we know that we're here to feel these emotions. So you don't have to beat yourself up about feeling those emotions exactly. and not being surrendered enough, but you also can appreciate the emotion because of what it's taught you, even though it sucks right now. And, and there are times when it obviously took you a lot of processing to even come to a little bit of a conclusion as to what you can learn from this. But in that moment, I can say this confidently, even though you haven't said this to me, in the hardest of times, you knew, even if you don't know the reason right now, you know that there will be a lesson in it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And it was so interesting because I, when he died, it was like, I immediately shifted into that. And one of my favorite quotes is, um, Mr. Rogers, when bad things happen, his mom said, look for the helpers. Uh, and that was such a big part of my lesson around that was asking for help and accepting help without mm -hmm. feeling like I had to pay somebody back, like that I owed yes. them something. Yes. And there, you know, there were so many people, of course, you know, like, we live in a small town. And so like the community came together, the kids school, our friends and family, I mean, even complete strangers that just knew, you know, found out about it through a sister-in-law or extended family, complete internet strangers that I know in a running group sent Christmas gifts to my kids that year. So there was just so many people that went above and beyond. And that was it. Like I just started seeing like all of the helpers and just really allowing that. And one of my spiritual mentors said, just say, thank you. Don't, you don't owe them something on the other side, because that is definitely like a, one of the death of self pieces is yeah. when somebody gives me something or does something for me, I feel like I somehow owe them. And I could never just allow somebody to help me 
or, you know, to go above and beyond for me because I'm like, okay, now what do I need to do for them? How can I thank them enough? Or like, how can I repay them? And it's like, oh my gosh, like, that's not what it's about. If I help somebody, I'm just helping them. I don't even expect a thank you. Right. So why, why do I feel that need? And I mean, I know why, (laughs) but you know, things from family members and, you know, things that comments that were said and, you know, expectations and yeah, just like that societal pressure. So I know why I felt that way, but his death really let me let go of that. And it's just interesting how there's layers to these things too. So like I talked about with the death of self, you know, like I said, it started, um, way back with my grandma. She died when I was 15 and she was like my person. So yes, it was a grandma, but she was young and it really impacted me in a lot of ways. And then, like I said, with my college boyfriend and my brother, these layers, if I allow it, these layers can get peeled away of my past hurts and traumas and fears. And, you know, stepping into that, allowing help, asking for help even, you know, with Bodhi really fell away. And then I just donated a kidney to my dad and, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm self-employed. So if I don't work, I don't get paid. And Mm -hmm. so like, I put a call out there of like, hey, we could use meals, we could use some money towards groceries while I'm off because, Mm -hmm. you know, Matt had to take time off of work. And, um, you know, there's some like reimbursement that happens. But truly, if you're self employed, and you take time off, it just slows the momentum of your business. So even though I'm back to work, it is not what it was before I took time off. And so Mm -hmm. and then we went right into the holidays. So there's just this whole flow that happened. I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm asking for help with you know, the meal train and donations for food, because it was like, mm-hmm. I truly need that right now. And before right. I would because have never done that. Kidney. Yes. Right. <laughs> yes. You I know, donated like, a kidney. You yeah. That, like, oh, you asked for help when you donated a kidney? Like, oh, how silly of you. You know, I know like, you think about it that way. It's like, like well, that's how, that's how the outsider that's, sees it. And yes. I always tell people is like, is, is, I always say, don't treat yourself like a serial killer because I know that if you just kind of like you were saying, if you, if anyone in your life donated a kidney, you'd be like, what do you need without any expectation? And I say the same thing. We could walk through a jail and, and look at every prisoner in the face and believe that they had a traumatic childhood. Like they like still deserve love and peace and happiness and doesn't mean they don't belong to be where they are because other people are involved but like that person you believe still deserves love like you would never look at the what what other people will consider the worst humans in the world and believe that they don't deserve love but when it comes back to us (laughs) you know what all those prisoners deserve love but definitely not (laughs) Elena you know and definitely not when I'm donating a kidney like what the heck no definitely not when you're saving someone's life definitely not oh my gosh just hearing you say that makes it even funnier because it, it it sounds so ridiculous like how dare you ask for food you know when you're doing this thing um but truly I know so many people that wouldn't have like I even had somebody say to me like oh I would have never posted that I was like are you kidding me like what why not so well I was gonna say I I first of all whenever you I love that you're saying about needing to see the helpers because you you've been learning how to see the helpers and you've been learning how to receive help and you've been learning like this wasn't just one day you snapped your fingers and decided you know what today's the day I can receive help it was a self-love journey Mm -hmm. for years and years and years that starts off as little things that you don't realize will lead to the moment when you really need it and that goes for the grief too Mm -hmm. you know like I believe I believe that not only does every time you, like you said you were young when you lost your grandma, but it was really significant. Like not everyone has like, not everyone's even close to their grandma. Not everyone loses their grandma young. Like there's like, that was significantly traumatic, but even if it wasn't like your experience of it was really heavy, but at the end of the day, it was your grandma and it's easier to cope with. But then, but if you hadn't experienced such a tragic loss before you experienced the loss of your boyfriend and then your brother and then your baby, that every time it prepared you in different ways because you learn differently from each one. 
And I believe that that's, I believe that that is the proof of your purpose. Mm -hmm. Like if you keep going through these really hard things, it's not fair. You're not attracting it because you're calling it in. Like it's, it's, no, it's, these are your, this is what you were meant to go through to learn this lesson. And, 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 and I feel like that's the thing with manifestation that people kind of get like weird about is like, is it's not that you're manifesting these bad like it's not that no because something bad happened that you're on the wrong path no the right path includes growth and expansion and transformation and none of that happens without the hard shit and so the people who go through the worst shit are the most capable to come out of the other side the most evolved person that they can be, which not only makes their life better in a lot of ways, but also an inspiration to so many people. Your life's not better because you lost your baby. I'll never say that, but your life is better in the way that you've learned how to receive help. So now Mm -hmm. when you donate a kidney, you can (laughs) receive help. Yes. Oh my gosh. I had so many ah ahas during that spiel. Holy crap. So Yes, exactly that. Like, it's not good that my baby died, but I would not, my, I would not have been shooting for the stars. Like I just went and presented at the International Association for Suicide Prevention in Slovenia. I would have never applied for that had that not happened because I was just playing so small and thinking that like, I didn't deserve to be on that stage and, you know, present in those ways. And, you know, so it's those fault that it's that fallout from that event that when it let me let go of all of that stuff. And, you know, the other thing too, that just hit me as you were saying that is I, so in between, so there in my book, I'm, I talk about Bodhi first because that's kind of like where I am here today and then go backwards. So then I start with my grandma and her death and what I learned from that, the lessons and blessings. And then it was my college boyfriend. And then it was my uncle Bert. And I was with him when he took his last breath. And then my brother died. And then I was with my cousin, Mike, when he died. And being with them when they took their last breath is like, this is the aha that that allowed me to be with Bodhi when he didn't take a breath. Like, you know, because he died inside of me. Like, it's such a dynamic Uh and bizarre and beautiful and sacred thing. And I feel like, you know, it's... I just watched that movie about the near-death experiences. And I talk about that in my book. I did too. So good. Um, And I talk about that because my grandma had near-death experiences. So I grew up hearing those stories. And then in the work that I do with people, you know, we're going into their death. And then the in-between times when they return to source. And so I get to witness on a daily basis, the unconditional love and peace that everybody in that movie was talking about. And I was like, oh, I'm really, and I know this, but like, it was like an an awakening of like, oh, I'm so lucky that I get to experience that on a daily basis. Like that's wild because there's this whole movie. yeah. Yeah. There's this whole movie done about how transformative it was for them. And I was like, oh, I get to do that every day. <laughs> so it was just like a holy crap. I know. Yeah. My mom, I went with my mom and I was, she was like, well, what'd you think? I was like, I'm unimpressed. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like I like, it was a, re- it was really good. Like, I don't mean it that way. It was a yeah. really good documentary, but it was, it was like very like eye opening for me. How like deep into the journey I even am. Oh yes. Do you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like when I thought like, I'm like, and it was a it was a beautiful moment for me because I'm like I get to experience this. Because, and you know what else I had an epiphany about, which I'm gonna cry. I'm actually over here sobbing. I've I have so many things to to respond to that you said, but uh, I'm taking notes so I don't forget. But um, now I forget what I was gonna say. Um, <laughs> after the, watching uh, the movie, I said, you know what? Because there was there was one guy on in the movie. There were a couple people who you know had a lot of peace with life like there was one guy who said like 
his family's not talking to him. They mm. think this, this, and this. Mm-hmm. People think they're crazy, like all kinds of stuff. And like, and they're at peace because again, just like you said, like he's at peace, like knowing like he has to do like mm-hmm. like what's his his what he's here like, for. What he's here for. And like if his if his kids aren't talking to him, like he sends them love and can't like whatever. Like there's all kinds of things. And but so and then the one guy is is kind of like depressed forever. Yes. Because he he like because heaven essentially for lack of better words is so much better mm-hmm. than here and i had this moment and i was like you know what i believe that with my whole heart like i 100 in the highest consciousness that is all good and all of that like i i genuinely believe in that and even even believing that with my whole soul i still choose to be here yeah in yeah. all of this mess and fucked up shit but I I don't I love my life so much because it because of all of it not even despite all of it because of all of it and like there was a time when I wouldn't have chosen you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. yeah absolutely. I just really think it just shows how powerful that relationship with spirit whatever that looks like for you but is well I want I have so many things I want to I want to talk about that but um uh yeah and yeah, it's it, it, it just... yeah and there you know so in my book about my journey through grief is I talk about times that I wanted to die and it went back to second grade there was a time in college and I it was that like so I talk about that it wasn't actual death that I needed it was death of self it was letting go of that old stuff but you know and then after Bodhi died it was kind of like okay like you know I go back and forth between sometimes of that like um do we can we swear on this yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Like, fuck my life. But then also, like, okay, this is what's happening here and now. So, uh, this is what I'm here for. Like, I'm still here. So, this is what I'm working on right now. And, you know, it's that back and forth. So, yeah, that guy really resonated with me because sometimes I'm like, oh my God, I know it's so much better on the other side. Why yeah, am I still to- here? Yeah. So, it's like, yeah. Yeah. So that's just my reminder of like, okay, like you need to get back to nature. (laughs) You need to get back to meditation, you know, all of those things that help me regroup and recenter and remember why I am here. But I was like, oh gosh, I get you, man. Like I understand what you are saying and I wish you had somebody like me or, you know, to talk you through that and help you integrate what you experienced instead of it destroying your life um so yeah that was a it was a wild up and down <laughs> roller coaster of emotions while I watched that and also it's it's kind of it's kind of less pressure when you realize that like you're just gonna come right back and and also For like sure. and also like how what you're doing like I know that when I die what I'm doing right now is leaving a vibrational legacy mm-hmm. on the on the rest of my bloodline mm-hmm. so like I and, and what I am when I think about it that way I that's how I lean into s- spirit because I want to teach them like I want to be the model I want to change break all of these cycles of what we think it means to be human to mm-hmm. to you know what I mean like I'm going through all this bullshit because of you know beliefs and all, all so a million things we could, you know, that's, that's like a very loaded mm-hmm. thing to discuss, but, but I'm going through all of this and, and having this awareness, life is harder having this awareness that we are responsible, mm-hmm. you know, like it's harder, but it's also so much better. And I'm that's never. what I have to lean on, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't be able to lean into that without my connection to spirit. And so that in the, in the way that my connection to spirit builds is just like you were saying, getting back to meditation, getting back to nature. It's not a matter of having this massive gift dropped into your lap. Like, here you go. Now you're a medium. It's Mm -hmm. the more time you spend with meditation and nature and in with spirit, the more that you develop your own knowing and awareness to the point that you you know it so well that nothing can waver your faith. 
Yes. That you can go through the hardest of shit. And when, and, and for people who aren't there yet, who people who, which I want to talk, there's so many things. I'm sorry for people who aren't there yet, who aren't all the way surrendered. And I'll argue that no one's ever fully surrendered. Mm-hmm. You're still not fully surrendered. Like no. we're still, you're still here. So you obviously, you know, have more to learn, but, but people who are way further in their journey, I feel like this is what I, I try to really paint the picture for people is what it looked like back then, because I had faith before I had this faith. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? And I had to intentionally build that faith because I believed in it, but I had to co- I had to continue to experience it to really believe in it, to really believe that I do attract, you know, what what I'm receiving, to believe that this all has a purpose, to believe that by me healing what I'm doing right now is healing all of my past ancestors and all of my future grandchildren. Like I had to believe that on such a level that it, it is truth or else I couldn't, I couldn't receive the lesson enough when it comes. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So when you talked about your grandma having that near death experience, how beautiful, thank God. How old were you? I, that happened before I was born, but she still talked about it um, whenever I was young. Okay. So thank God, because when you were young, hearing this story, Uh this story that everyone around you thought was so tragic, they almost lost her. Like it was so terrible. I'm sure I don't even know what happened, but I'm sure there were long-term repercussions Mm -hmm. of that incident, whatever it was, like all this stuff. But thank God, because now- Little Elena mm-hmm. hears this story and has an unconscious belief that not everyone grew up with. Yep, exactly. And thank God, because now Elena raises her babies in a way that is so much more conscious than how she would have without hearing that experience. Yeah. So the ripple effect of tragedy goes so far beyond what we can even think about right this second. Do you know what I'm saying? Oh my gosh. Uh, a thousand million percent. Yes. Um, I, you, you, I don't know that that's good. That's good. Yeah. We can pause for a minute. If you want to, to share, I'll stop. Yeah, no. Oh my gosh. Okay. My scar is hurting so bad today. And so like, I keep having, I'm like getting distracted by it. So, whew. okay. So, um, yes, like her talking about that. I think opened her up in a different way too. And I write about this in my book because it is so much of what shaped me into who I am in this moment because her talking about that made it just possible. Like it just seemed like a cool, interesting story when I was little, but then by hearing that and it changed her life too, because she was very Catholic, but having those experiences, like she went to medium, she got her tea leaves read, you know, those things that were very taboo, but she was like, there's more than this. And, you know, of course, like religion does preach that there's more than this, but in a different kind of way. And, um, so then she also talked about a, like being awake Um, And having a past life experience. So they went to San Francisco, her and my grandpa, but she knew the streets they were on. Like she knew if you turn here, turn here, turn here, this gets you to where we're trying to go. And my, you know, that was like before MapQuest. That was before, you know, really paper maps were that popular. And she talked about it as a past life that she knew she had lived there before. And I was, Uh you know, growing up, it's like, what are you talking about? But when I found that advertisement for past life regression training, I was like, oh, I remember hearing about this. Let me go do that. And that's become the, you know, primary focus of my life is learning about my own past lives, but then helping other people go back and re-experience their past lives for, you know, their various needs and reasons. So you're exactly right. We, in some ways, we do know why things are happening and we can see, we can start to see the ripple effect, but that's so much of what my book talks about is 
me going back and analyzing that stuff, which I think then gives other people that possibility to say like, oh, this is what I learned from this instance. This is what I learned from this person. And yes, it's sad and awful and horrible and, you know, all of those sides of things too. But it's like I said in the beginning, it's also beautiful and expansive and everything else on the other side. And um, yeah, so absolutely. I, yes, it's profound. Um, I just, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like going to like fall, like pass out. Like, I just feel like there's <laughs> this is so much good stuff. Um, and I, I think that it's, it's interesting about, um, talking about religion and things like that, because, um, my grandma also was really, she was so proud of her Native American heritage Mm. and super into like, you know, what I call woo-woo now, like always had crystals and loved, I always knew my grandma loves Sedona, Arizona, and I had no idea anything about it. But like, when I, when I started learning about Sedona, Arizona, I was like, oh, that makes sense. And like, I also kind of like when my grandma passed, it was a very like, um, uh, it was a a, like a point in my spiritual journey kind of what I thought was coincidentally but it was really like not (laughs) which Mm -hmm. also now that I'm thinking about isn't it was even more aligned because which I have thought about this before but my grandma died when my daughter when I was 10 weeks pregnant with my daughter Mm. so that's not lost on me either but but the kind of the vibrational impact of like the way I'm thinking about it right now um like I needed her on the other side kind of because mm-hmm. she because it, it's such a blessing that you and I live in a world that is safer to to speak our truth as hard as it is for us my grandma I know for sure my grandma my my grandpa that she married was um like considering the joke is that he was going to go to priest school whatever it's called and mm-hmm. then um, seminary met my seminary thank you and then met my grandma but I think the truth is is he um uh um he he had already decided he wasn't going to before he met her whatever but so but he was uh, like very committed to his catholic church and so I think that she felt like she couldn't really be her full self believing in this other stuff and also being so involved in the Catholic church, because a lot of people would say that like, that's that they contradict themselves. It's hard to, and and again, when you're talking about the Catholic church or fucking tarot cards Mm -hmm. at the time, Catholic church was way safer, you know, like I, to choose, to choose the one that is way more popular, if you will, is safer. And as a woman, she it's in those times 60 years ago whatever mm-hmm. like it wasn't safe to be in your true feminine power Absolutely. you know it wasn't safe to be in that in your divine community and so and so then our mom's generation is kind of still in that learning learning phase and we talk about generational trauma so much but i really appreciate when people talk about like the, the healing that the generations before you have also already done or else you wouldn't mm-hmm. be here. Just like you had to go through those really hard grief lessons to get to this lesson you're learning now, we wouldn't be able to receive this awakening if it also wasn't already slowly happening. Yes. Because again, thank God, you and I can jump on an app and record this conversation and share it with the world. Mm-hmm. So now more people are able to say, I know exactly what you're saying. I understand that. Or maybe it's, you know what? I have people who tell me they can't wait to be the level of confident I am or the level of surrendered I am. And I love when they say it that way because because that means I did my job good because my job is to teach you that it's possible. And that's why I wanted to talk about way earlier. So we kind of came full circle is, is my, I always want to explain to people that the, the level of surrendered you are right now, the level of confidence you are right now, the level of intuitive abilities you have right now, like this is all 
your potential rock bottom with all of that stuff. The more you dig into your intuition, the more expansive you are. And and Abraham Hicks, the better it gets, the better it gets. So the more we're magnifying this intention, the more we're receiving it. And life starts speeding up quicker and quicker, better and better, even when the bad things are happening. And so I like I how do you maybe help people because part of my question with this is how do you help people have that vision because again I can I'm sure that you had times when you were kind of like fuck this law of attraction like fuck mm-hmm. these lessons you know, whatever but but you had to keep that faith so bef- and and now it's easier now it's easier I can easier more easily look ahead and know that in five years I'm going to be even more connected even more intuitive even more living in alignment because I'm learning how to live more and more of my purpose every single day and I can say that with such confidence because I've seen it but I wasn't so confident before I watched it happen the way that I believed it would and I had to prove it to myself I I had to prove to myself what happens when you connect with spirit all those times in meditation and nature I had to prove it to myself to to fully believe the way that I do now. So before you prove it to yourself, how do you help people see that? And my second part, so I want to ask this too, because um, uh, it's kind of related. We believe so hard in this idea, these, these laws of the universe that we believe to be absolute truth that no one could argue with us. We won't argue with you. I'm not going to argue with you, but I know, (laughs) I know that I'm right, you know, because I believe in universal love. Like there is no, I don't believe in any of the human things that we have made it. I believe in bits and pieces of all of it. And, and, and again, a good, I don't want to say this the wrong way, but it doesn't make sense to me how, Anything less than love could be wrong. Mm-hmm. It's what I'm, how I'm going to kind of leave that. So I believe with my whole heart that this is all truth. And there are people who are on some spectrum of that, but then there are people who are on no spectrum of that totally turned turn like, like this is evil. Like absolutely not. Do you, I mean, I guess I probably have never attracted a client who's that far down the like thing, but I have definitely had conversations with people or had clients who are like, really like not into the like spiritual side of it. Mm-hmm. And as a therapist and this, and this is honestly when I, well, I can say this when I was in, when I was in community mental health, that's why I left because, yes. because the people that I was seeing, it wasn't because like I didn't, I honestly love some of those kids. I love other, like I love the, I, I was just thinking that I wish some of the clients that I used to have knew how much I think about them and send them love because yes. I, mm-hmm. and I loved that job so much, but the more I got into my spiritual journey, it, it, I just don't even think I can serve someone to their full potential. If they're not like, if I, I get stuck, I'm like, well, if I can't talk about this, about energy and vibration and spirit. Like I, I can't even like, it's so hard for me to bring myself to just physical terms. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And, and I get what you're saying and, and, you know, and how you feel about that. I think my, my, the way that I approach it is slightly different in that and, and maybe it's the same, but you're just using different words. Like I meet people where they are. So I do have clients that absolutely do not believe in past life at all. That is, you know, against their religion. It's against their belief system. And to me, I'm not here to convince anybody. I'm more here to share my experiences. And if that speaks to you, then let's go there. But for other people, that's not where they are yet. And that's okay because I know from going to so many of my past lives that I've had a lot of different lifetimes with different belief systems and frameworks. And so, but they each served, you know, what I was there to learn at those times. So I have had, you know, so I very much talk to them and work with them in a way that is comfortable for them. So some people, you know, we, we, they come in and we work with the Jesus energy. That is where we focus. We talk about God, Holy Spirit, Jesus. 
that is comfortable for me because I also believe in that. It's just that I also believe in other things. So it's not that I'm like faking anything. I truly believe that Jesus was here and that he is an ascended master. I just also believe that there are other ascended masters. And so it's it's not that I'm not being who I am, but it is that I can talk with them and work with them in a way that meets their particular needs. So, you know, for other people, it might be that we are working with Kuan Yin or um, Buddha energy or these different belief frameworks that feel more comfortable for them, or maybe they are more so focused on loved ones and working with that versus angels. Some people really resonate with color. So we'll spend a whole session processing through past traumas, things that they're holding in the body. And we talk about nothing but color. Like some people will be like, what? Like that doesn't even make sense. But color resonates with them so deeply and so powerfully that the colors are what allow them to release this pent up emotion and hurts from their cells and from their body. So I... I 100% agree with what you're saying, and it's exactly why I left community mental health as well and created my own business where I could talk about spiritual topics, metaphysical topics, plus, you know, science-based cognitive behavioral therapy, dialectal behavior therapy, um, you know, um, cognitive distortions, you know, all of those sciencey words, Mm -hmm. but that's tied together with the spiritual, the creative, because that makes us the whole, a whole being. So many things. <laughs> um, I know. I feel like we could talk like four or five uh, hours and still uh, have room to go. So <laughs> literally, I know. I, mean, like, I, have, I have so many things to still talk about. First of all, the really hilarious thing is, I don't know if you even know this, but I consider Kuan Yin and Jesus to be my two like direct ascended nice. masters as my spirit guides. So nice. it's so funny that you just that brought, I them, just both brought them both and up. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, yeah. And so I do like, and I'm grateful that I was raised that I like I feel like I had this the other thing I loved going to um Sunday school with my other grandma actually like mm-hmm. the not Catholic grandma but both my but my I grew up in a very Christian based house whether it was you know Catholic or otherwise but so I and which was also cool for me because I got to experience different things to even mm-hmm. to even consider that I can pull from all of them do you know what I'm saying to have yeah. my own ideals yeah. of of what that looks like and what feels good for me. When I was in college, I actually met with the like, um, uh, whatever he was. He was like the head of like the religious studies or whatever, mm, the dean okay. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Because I was like, I really want to find a church that is like all the things that I believe in. I had this book and I literally was looking at like almost like a Venn diagram of all the different <laughs> religions. Like I believe this, but I don't believe that. But I believe this, but I don't believe that. And, and, and just in that exploration, which again, wouldn't have happened had my, my family had a strong faith in what they believed in. And, and you're, and just like you said, they just shared exactly who they were in the way that made sense for them without trying to make anybody do anything. Well, I mean, I was forced to get a CCD and shit like that, but, but regardless, like, it still allowed me and in other ways, my grandma and my mom and my ancestors were opening the door for more exploration and less patriarchy for lack of better Mm -hmm. words there, you know, like, so it all, it all is really relevant. And so I appreciate just the way that you said it. Like I do of course also meet them where they are, but it feels less impactful for me, but what I have to remember is that that is the most impactful for them in this moment. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And not get so worked up and making sure that like, you know, I can't speed up their healing essentially. Like I'm right. here to like guide that process, but they have to do the work. Yeah. They have to have their own path through that. That's going to happen on their timeline. And right. I think I've just experienced that and dialed that back where it's like, oh, let me like 
pour everything onto you in this moment. And it's that's too much for most people. Right. I'm intense. Mm-hmm. I'm a Leo and I am like intense. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. so yeah. I have to re- recognize and remember that not everybody is like that. Not everybody is ready for that. And, right. you know, that's where my gifts of reading the room and reading energy and feeling what other people are feeling in the moment that it's like, oh, okay, like this is too much. Let me just like reel it back just a little bit and right. stay true to what they need in this moment. Right. So, and it's not, and it's not because sometimes I feel like it's almost, it does feel, I know you said like you're not being fake, but like it does feel out of alignment for me to, mm. to but, but the truth is, is being in the most alignment of using my gifts is doing exactly what you said mm-hmm. is reading the room and all those things, but I don't want to, um, keep coming back to myself but um because there's a couple things I wanted to say so but thank you for that that was and but but again also just good for um everyone to see how you do meet people where they are and Mm -hmm. it doesn't you don't have to believe in every single thing to experience benefit from all of it in your own ways that feel safe for you like Mm -hmm. you can there are bits and pieces before you're ready And, and again if you are a little bit ready but you're not where you think you should be intuitively or whatever, you can see how it really is a journey and a process that everyone has to go through on their own. And the more that you can lean into that for yourself, which again is for other people too, the more you can um, experience it because you're just open to receiving it at that point. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So two more things I wanted to ask because I didn't want to come back. I wanted to, I, I just... There was, I had some notes I wanted to ask. So coming back to Bodhi, um, it sounds like when you're talking to people about it, that they, because it's such a tragic thing, I feel like, like when someone comes to me and says, I like, oh, I lost my son or whatever. Like I try to be very like, just like you said, reading their energy, because I don't want to assume anyone's emotions Mm -hmm. when someone tells me they're when someone tells me they're pregnant I say how do you feel before I say congratulations yes because or I again I try to read the room like where are we here because no matter who who you are how old you are where you're at in your life that can be a positive or a negative experience so I I like to be you know but again I as I'm, I'm a little bit more conscious of these things than the average person because I do it every day in my life. But, but for, I, but still in the situation like that, where again, I believe is the worst thing you can experience. I really want to make sure that I'm also validating you. And Mm -hmm. I probably have taken it a little too far where I'm saying, Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Mm -hmm. When you, when you're talking about it, like it again, not that you're not sad, but when you're bringing it up in conversation, when you're telling someone you have four kids, you're not, tr- and it's hard because you're in this weird place of like, don't want to make them sad. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and, 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 and again, then, then you're an empath. Yes. So it's this hard balance because the more you talk about it, the more that other people's energy makes you sad. Yes. But if you don't talk about it, you're not honoring his memory. So it's, I, I can't imagine what a weird kind of thing that is. And so what I would love for you to share is what you think, how you think people like me and anybody else who's responding to someone that way, how, as someone who's been through it, what would make you feel like they validate you and see you, but are honoring your feelings about it? Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, that's such a good question. And I have sat with this and noodled on that so much. And I truly don't know because, so I'm going to be really honest, like, I don't know. Um, Because my view of life and death, I can recognize is very different than the majority of the culture that we live in. So I... I don't know how people should respond in those instances. I do think I'm sorry is valid. I don't think it needs to go over the top. The one other thing that I do for other people is I ask, what is their name? Because to me, 
that allows me to say, so like when somebody shares with me that a brother died or, you know, cause when I say that they're like, oh, my brother died. And then I'll say, oh, what was, you know, what is his name? Not what was his name. Sometimes I mix it up, but I still say, you know, what is his name or, you know, our child died. Oh, what is their name? You know, because that allows them to speak that loved one's name that they probably don't get the chance to do on a regular basis. And you bringing it up or asking more questions is never bad or wrong. Now, you know, within reason, you don't, you know, a lot Mm -hmm. of people do automatically say like, how did he die? And that's okay with me. I'm completely fine with answering those questions. Um, and obviously, like you said, everyone's different. Everybody's so different. So for, yes. Yeah. So for some people, that is going to be a massive trigger because they haven't yet fully worked through that. So having to say, you know, he died in labor, it, it does take me back to all of those moments of like the entire labor and the hospital transfer and the emergency piece of it. And, but because I've worked through that, it doesn't like drop me to my knees anymore. But for somebody who hasn't, them being like, oh, he died in labor and like they get a wave of basically, you know, kind of like PTSD and that's not on the person asking either. So let me be clear that, you know, I'm not responsible for other people's reactions or emotions um, and nobody's responsible for mine. But it is just something to be like, oh, this could be something, you know, obviously it's a very sensitive subject. Um, And I don't expect, you know, most other people cannot read a room or read emotions or read things like I can. I mean, I am dialed in with that. So obviously I know most people can't do that. And that is one of, that is actually a trigger of mine. (laughs) People who can't read the room, um, (laughs) that I'm still working through because it, it frustrates me when, cause I'll just be like, Oh my gosh, can you read the room? Like that is not appropriate to say, like, do you not feel that everybody just got so upset that you just said that? Or like, they are tired of hearing you talking, like, shut up, you know? Mm -hmm. So like, (laughs) Mm -hmm. that's something I am still working through because I could always read the room. So I knew when people were like, could you be quiet? Or, you Mm -hmm. know, so now if I talk Mm -hmm. too much, I feel bad or guilty. So like, clearly I'm still working through that, but yeah, All same. that to say, we're on a podcast. Yes, as we're talking. <laughs> yeah, for an hour now. Um, so all that to say, be kind, be gentle. I'm sorry. How are you doing? Um, because then that opens up that conversation. Because I will often say like, because they'll say, I'm sorry. And I'll just say, thank you. And depending on the circumstance, I might go further and say, you know, while it's been the hardest thing that we've gone through, it's also the most beautiful thing. And, you know, just that, like really pointing out that dichotomy in our experience. So yeah, that's a terrible. um, Well, it, well, it just goes to, goes to say again, that like, like just that moment, even if they don't understand the dichotomy at that moment and like, how could anyone say it's beautiful? And I remember I actually, um, when I was in high school, a friend of mine was stabbed to death by her ex-boyfriend. Mm. And I actually found out about her two days. I, I found out about her when I was at a funeral viewing for another friend. Oh and I was, it was like, it was a very traumatic couple of days and which, you know, was a ripple effect for sure. But, but I remember her mom handling it so well because of her faith in God. Mm-hmm. And I and I said, I wish I could feel that level of faith. I was like, and in the moment I was like, you know, like, like whatever, like, why does God make these things happen then? Mm-hmm. You know, like whatever. And that's how I was feeling as a 17 year old. So I didn't believe her faith, but I admired it. Yeah. And just 
being the example of somebody who can see that beautiful and hard dichotomy that you talked about, even if the person you're talking to isn't fully aware of how that could have a ripple effect in their life one day, you're by just speaking in a way that is aligned to you is the ripple effect that you're having. And again, why we come back to the point of this ain't your mama self-love because it all comes back to how you feel about yourself Mm -hmm. and your ability to believe that your vibration is what is impactful. Just you being you. Yes. And when you said you're not responsible for other people's emotions, that's that's the thing too. If you love yourself enough, doesn't mean you don't love other people. It doesn't mean you don't empathize with them. But you know that by allowing yourself to only be responsible for your emotions, which is an act of self-love, is making a much more positive impact on other people than it ever would be to, to, to be responsible for anyone else, including our kids. Our yes. kids' happiness is not our responsibility. Mm-hmm. Our job is to help teach and guide them through life and be the role model, which, which kind of comes back to the beginning of our conversation at the very beginning of the, of the, um, our bonus conversation (laughs) about how like what I what I'm doing now what your mom was doing now just by little things that is again all out of love for them the way that I'm a lunatic is out of love for them I want them to do all the activities I want to have I want to be an entrepreneur because I can be with them every single place that I am and also because of that because I never let myself slow down not only does Hannah already have a scarcity mindset about money and I and I'm so mindful of my words I'm so mindful of my words so I know that the reason she has some of these beliefs is because she has literally absorbed my vibration yep when my vibration is scarce and mm -hmm. fearful or whatever she feels that it doesn't matter what I say it doesn't matter if I had good intentions it doesn't matter if you know I chose the zoo over cleaning my house and that's why the house is this way the chaos of my life not giving myself enough love (laughs) and respect to slow down and take care of my energy significantly impacts the way I positively or negatively impact the energy around me. A hundred percent. Now, let me say, like you talked about with manifestation, when we recognize that we have power over that, the more you heal, the more it heals the people around you too. So just like we can pass on our toxicity and our negative beliefs, we can pass on the positive stuff too. So as you heal your scarcity mindset. So there are so many more things that I want to say and so many more things that I want to talk about. And I am just going to go ahead and hold on to my notes for another time because we're going to have to make a whole nother episode about all of these things. Yeah, Um, let's do it. Yeah, this was so amazing. Thank you so, so, so much. I know I got a lot of, a lot out of this myself and I know that the people listening to this will too. Like I said, you are such an inspiration and just by being you and your vibration and being your most authentic and aligned self and I know you're impacting the masses and I'm so grateful to be in your time and energy. So thank you so much for that. Um, Yes. And right back at you. You're amazing. And I got so much out of this too. So thank you. (laughs) Good. Um, Tell everybody where they can follow you, how they can find you. If you have anything exciting going on, you would like to share. And then we are going to be, I'll just say, we're going to be recording on Elena's podcast. I don't remember if it was next month or we, we haven't scheduled. I don't think we've um, scheduled yet. So we'll do that. Okay. I don't think so. (laughs) Okay. I thought it was in December. Um, Regardless, that'll be happening. So um, yeah. Yeah. So I am celebrate every step everywhere. And that is on TikTok, on Instagram, and uh, where else? Facebook. And 
my website is celebrateeverystep.com and the my podcast that she mentioned it's also celebrate every step and so i am taking new clients the beautiful thing about the work i do is that people do um move on and <laughs> kind of graduate or move into more of like a maintenance mode where they're seeing me once a month so some people come in just for one session because they're super interested in past life regression and then other people work with me on a weekly basis bi-weekly monthly or just when they feel called to so i am always taking on new clients because that's an ever evolving magical thing so you can reach out and message me on any of those platforms and i will get back to you and we'll get a discovery call scheduled and those are a free 15 minute chat where we can see what's going on with you and if I can be of assistance. And I just like to say for people too, because sometimes they don't know what it is that they need or want to work on, but they just know that something's not right or off. And I am really, really good at helping people distill down what is going on with them and honing in on that to help them heal what needs healed and work through that. And I work with all ages, all different kinds of people. And you can read lots more about me and I share lots. I basically post every day. So there's lots of things to go back through and get a feel for me and how I work and how I do things and what I believe and how I help other people. So yeah, any questions, any concerns, you can always reach out and I will get back to you as I can. Thank you so, so, so much. Again, this was so amazing. And um, I think that's it. So thank you all for listening to the Saint Your Mama's self-love podcast. Again, uh, you can stay tuned for a bonus conversation from Elena and I behind the scenes in another podcast episode on Elena's podcast. And we will talk to you soon. 